Hello everyone, welcome to the Creator's Journey podcast episode 6. I'm Ed Nye and every week I bring you a different creative to share experiences and insights and get a grasp of our personalities. Before we get into this week's episodes, I would like to ask everyone to subscribe and maybe leave a review just to help promote this podcast. It would be so greatly appreciated. So this week we have Remy Morrison and Remy is a video producer. She runs Red Cactus Media, which is a video production company and does a lot of positive and uplifting video for businesses. She is also one of the most positive and encouraging and enthusiastic people I've ever met. Without her, I probably wouldn't be here right now, and I hope you get the same sense of enthusiasm that I get from her from listening to this podcast. So without further ado, let's go. because it's just like the fun part is putting it together it's like you know you're coming up with the ideas and you're just like yeah and then so you're like editing you're like, oh no but I've, I've already done it i've already seen it in my head oh. but <laughs> it's only hard because it's tedious yeah like you can, can you can put like a good hour into editing and you've only edited like five minutes yeah well yeah i can see that yeah yeah Especially if it's like a really problematic part. Like there was a part of the podcast where I, if I was breathing down the mic or someone else was breathing down the mic and I had to edit all the breaths out of the, out of the sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I get that all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, you, you know what, film, you, you might, it's, the surprising thing is the word um. So many yes. people, you don't even realise you're doing it and I think that's the funny thing is a lot of people just go a lot of people don't realize they are yeah say um and I find that hilarious well for me what I've realized is I always say like and but um Ah, interesting yeah and editing this editing it out makes no difference to the way it's spoken ah so it sounds like, like now, if I take out all the likes, mm-hmm. it just sounds like I knew exactly what I was saying before I said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that's, that's just part of it. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Making it sound like you knew exactly what you were doing the whole time. But that's the magic of it. That's why we do it. Because yes. we make magic. Exactly. We do, we do. Even though ed- editing is tedious, it's also uh, a vital part of making mm. something sound good. No, exactly. And, you know, for, from a video point of view, I find that's a bit, you can add that little bit of magic. Mm. And, like, clients go, wow, how'd you do that? You're like, yeah, I know. I made <laughs> you look. Because, you know, I think I never, one of the things that always reminds me of is a short film I made, which I'm not going to tell you which one, just in case the person hears but the actor was not, I cast someone and they weren't that great. And I didn't mm. realize who were filming. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, what am I going to do? But the edit, a friend of mine who actually was on set with me came up to me and was like, you, that edit was brilliant. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you made them seem like, you know, you made them seem like they could act. And I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah, I shouldn't have said that, but it's just, it just, it cracks me up. These things happen. You never really know what it's like to work with someone until you work with them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if the chemistry is wrong or if they can't act you have to be creative about it and find ways out of it yeah yeah or you just yeah i don't know part of me just thinks should i've done more i don't know you just you just looked the part and i was like yes but actually should i have done more well not everyone has casting directors (laughs) true True, 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 yeah, it's just, it's one of those, and I thought, I think that's kind of put me off, 
I think he put me off doing um, short films for a while, to be honest. I was like, no, oh, really? not doing it. Yeah, because I think it's because I'm a good judge of character, but you don't, you don't really know. You know, I went for the look of someone yeah. more than actually the emotion, and I, I was sold on the fact that I thought they could do it, and I was like, oh, no, you yeah. can't. So you get tricked by the character, but not, like, you're a good judge of character, but not a good judge of talent? Uh, Is that fair to say? I just think I don't know actually I don't know what it was I I think that's from a, a professional point of view I think that's also quite good that you can judge character rather than talent because you're more willing to give people a try yeah yeah well to be, it was one us to be honest it was when I was first starting out so it's kind of mm. it wasn't I just thought, oh yeah, yeah yeah but actually it's more take the time Actually, it's probably the lesson yeah. I learned from that. Was okay. take the time to so look. Patience. Yeah, I was like, yeah, the look. I should have maybe tested more, and because mm. I knew I, I had to. I settled actually for because I thought, okay, I can't get exactly who I okay. wanted. Oh yeah, no, because I was like that person was completely out of my reach, and uh, oh no, they were like an up and coming artist. I was like, who am I to go? Can you can you be my short film? They're gonna go no, but um. <laughs> And I just like thought, you never okay, know until you ask. True, 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 true. I just thought, I just didn't want to. I don't know. I just thought, actually, you know what? I'm not even gonna try. But do you feel like you should have? No, no, no. Because I wasn't ready. I wanted to work with the person, but I wanted to work with them when it was more of a bigger project. You know. Okay. I'd probably say that's the easiest way to. To put it is, I want yeah, definitely wanted to work with them when it was more of a bigger project, and I think that's when I would have approached them. So for me, this is me just—it was just me trying out, really. Okay, so let's talk about you starting out. Like, how did you get into this? Well, I've always wanted to be working videos and movies and whatever since probably I was seven, because I mm. saw Michael Jackson. I thought, yes, I want to do that, and then you know, <laughs> start and I just thought I can do whatever I want. This is amazing. I want to make music videos. So I've mm. been on music videos pretty much most of my life. And just, I love, you know, David Fincher videos because they're like movies. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started and then, you know, went to uni. My tutor broke my heart by saying, you do realise you're going to have to work for free. And I was like, what? And, and I was like, I can't afford that. So I kind of, I, I got seduced by PR, went into PR and I thought, let me just do that. And then, mm. but video was always there. So I was always taking part-time gigs as a runner on sets and stuff. So working my weekends and evenings um, or taking time off. It really, this set, this probably bit of my life didn't really come to a head until after I left the world of music PR, I went traveling and then came back to England, couldn't live in, um, in London. So I moved to uh, Manningtree. And then mm. I realised I couldn't really commute. I couldn't. Well, I could commute, but I just don't like sitting on trains, and it just no, it killed me. Yeah, the commute from this part of the world to London, even though it is quite close, it is mm. stressful to exactly. say the least. Exactly, and, and when I was thinking about doing it, um, companies were still in West London, oh, so okay. I was waiting for East London companies. If it, you know, if it's not like it was now, it's still like ugh. So I still would have mm. travelled across London. I thought, well, no. So I decided to go back to uni, do your film, finish your film degree, try, figure out what the hell you're doing. Mm. And then whilst there, I thought, actually, you know, I was still doing PR for the council and stuff. And I thought, whilst I was there, I decided actually I could give it a go as a business um, because I'm not going to work for the county council all my life. I'm not going to keep doing bit parts for other people. I want to actually try and build something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, and then started Red Cactus Media, which was always my freelance handle, and just, you know, made it a legitimate company, and here I am, really. And I just, I started using my contacts at the council and just people I know. I immersed myself in the creative, just in a world of, you know, Ipswich, because it was, it was a choice between Ipswich and Colchester. And mm. I chose Ipswich because I don't know why, but I just did. Yeah, like, I grew up in Manning Tree as well, so. There has always been a toss-up between Colchester or Ipswich. Yeah. And being in the middle of that is really hard to... Like, my sister, growing up, she would always go to Colchester. Yeah. I would either stay home or go to Ipswich rather than go to Colchester. Yeah. There was a good good two or three years of my life where I'd never set foot in Colchester. Yeah. (laughs) And I 
I can still see that. Yeah, but it's it's not that Colchester's bad or anything. It's just the fact that I think it's because it's an old town yeah. and it didn't have that vibe. It felt like everyone was quite old. Now that's interesting. I'd say that's why I didn't actually thinking of it. I think that's why I didn't choose it because I liked it. Ah. So for me, I wanted to actually have a place where I could just keep going to rather mm. than like, because I, I knew, I thought if I was going to get fed up of a place, I'd like to get fed up of Ipswich rather than Colchester because I love the historical aspect. Mm. As you know, I love historical things. And I wanted, actually, yeah, thinking about it, that's exactly why I did it. Sorry, it's coming back to me now. Because I wanted to go to a place where I thought, well, I want to be able to visit Colchester as on my day off rather than feel like I'm going to work because it's Ipswich. So, yeah, so that's actually why I did it. That's interesting. Yeah, I just I, yeah. I completely forgot about that. But then, yeah, there was a period of my life where I just didn't like to go out either. So that might be a... <laughs> indicative of myself rather than the places yeah <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> introverts yeah well that you know what it does does that to you because sometimes you're like nah <laughs> yeah especially when you live in the middle of nowhere like manning tree yeah yeah, yeah. i know because well, even like going out in ipswich now people are like come out i'm like yeah because I'm like, they, there was like, they, like, there was like, what, what are you calculating? And I'm like, well, I'm calculating the trains. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, is it actually worth it? <laughs> yeah. The taxi back from a night out. Oh, man. Killed me. Killed me. Uh, but, I got to yeah. a point where I don't really, I don't, what's the word? I don't really um, drink anymore. So mm. I can actually, you know, get home. Because it's just, oh, my goodness. Like, I'd probably just go out, maybe drink for a little bit yeah and then that's it it's just i'm like no gone <laughs> it's just just so i can get home because you have to otherwise it's yeah. just it's just a bit much really oh god <laughs> <laughs> no, are we getting old because this is like no you know i think this might be to do with our age we've, we've done it it's like you know, we're just like ah, now we're all right <laughs> no no I think when I went to uni in Hull, mm. that was when I finally understood the going out part. Mm-hmm. But growing up in Manning Tree, it just felt like, yeah, I, I'm way too lazy for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm active, but I'm not that active. I, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> You're uh. old. That's it. Cut, cut. I'm, I'm not. I'm, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah. So you moved to Ipswich. You, well, you started up Red Cactus in Ipswich and yeah. you've carried it on working for her. So has there been any time where you felt like you needed to leave and for, to progress Red Cactus? Did you feel like you needed to go somewhere bigger or... Well, no, because I think that's that's part of the reason I started it because I kept getting told that oh you can't you can't make it you can't do this it's not good I'm like actually it is so I wanted to do it if that makes sense because mm. it doesn't all I keep people keep telling me is oh no it's it you know you have to go to London to do this and I'm like why so I think that that's a big part of it is because I think there's so much um, especially video is such a un untapped unsaturated area. Mm. In terms of good quality people, I thought, well, no, I, I want to give it a go. It's all all you need to do is just get past some of the the stumbling blocks and just make relationships, really, because yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Because people keep saying, no, 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 you can't do this. You got to go to London. But actually, there are people willing to pay. I mean, there's a massive tech core. There's massive. There's so much opportunity, but it's just how people see it. And I think that's that to me was the biggest thing. And then got married, had, you know, had a kid, and then I was like, no, I have to make it work. So I think if you believe you can make it work, then it will work because there's loads of businesses in the area. And yes, there are some London and I do, you know, I do think, okay, maybe I need some London clients. That's fine. But it's like you ha- you spend your time educating people on what, what they need to do and what, how they need to kind of respond to video. And I don't mind doing that if I know it's going to be worth it. Cause I think that's a big part of it is it, it is. So you do, you do spend your life, educating people on like you know video but actually it comes it comes through and then once people actually realize then you're already in a good place because they realize you're the expert 
Because, mm. and I think that's been what I've been yeah. finding. They're like, oh, so that's what she meant. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. You, you are the person who foresaw this gap. Yeah, well, one of them, I, I, one of them, I think. Yeah, but it's just, it's yeah, it's. You're the person that saw something that other people didn't see. An example is um, when I started lead. Yeah. There were a few individuals who came up to me saying, "You're doing some really uh, interesting things." Yeah. Why are you doing it in Ipswich? <laughs> and they said Colchester has a, a community there as well. East Suffolk, like Woodbridge area, there's a good creative community there. Yeah. But Ipswich doesn't seem to have anything like that. So why are you starting from scratch like that? That's why you should do it. Exactly. Because there isn't anything here. And I, I do love Ipswich. And I think starting something from scratch and... Making the mistakes is important yeah. when starting something from scratch. If you're, if there's already a community there and you make a mistake, then it's so easily to lose that community. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think also it's like, who cares if there's something already there? If you want to do it, you should do it. Because, mm. And I think it's just people are very easy to drag you down because they because they can't see it and that's more up to do with them mm. and it's because they can't they, if they if, if they can't see the potential that's not that's not your business you know <laughs> that's the way yeah. that's our business so it's for me it's just i don't know i think a lot of people are supportive but i think when people aren't i think it's more says something about them rather than anything else because so what is what I say to that and people are mm. like you know why didn't you work for someone else I was like I could have done that but actually I want to get more females into the industry and how can I do that if I'm working for someone else yeah so that's that's the way I look at it and mm. so yeah no I completely I completely get that you put up a really interesting point about having more females in this in in the uh, video production and film and TV industry. Was there anything that made you want to do that proactively or was it just a conscious decision that you've always wanted to do? A um, bit of both because I was always told I couldn't do it growing up because it wasn't a viable thing. And I know there's a lot of like young black females who are told, no, because creative industries, it's not the most stable. And I think they're told they can't do it. So that's mm. one of the things I was like, actually, I want to sit, tell other people it's okay to be them. But for me, you know, the big thing was actually I went to when I started. I was going to all these networking in networking events, and I was like one of a handful of females in a room. And I just thought, well, how can we get this? How can we do this? And I thought, okay, and that that's what got the um got my I guess the clocks turning. But the big thing for me is I got the chance to be a mentor um, stroke tutor for a girls project, girls where you are. Speak to some of the young young ladies there one of them really stuck with me she really she had a real talent man a real talent real eye she just got it and I was like love it I was like you should do this she goes nah she says what are you doing she's like I'm doing care and I was like why are you doing it and I was like she goes that's what I was told to do and I was like do you like it she goes no I don't even like kids I was like so why are you doing it and that's that was what got me because I just thought wow people have been pushed into these things because they're not even mm. given options because it's just not viable. And I thought, well, how dare someone tell someone they can't do it? So I thought increased visibility, get females to be more in the industry, and that could help, really. So it's more – so it's just, it's literally just that conversation. I just thought, damn. I just thought I really just wanted to do something because I, just, I couldn't imagine being told to do work and care when I had no – well, being told to do something when I had no interest in it. Mm. I think that was the same for me growing up, like – I wanted to get into video games mm -hmm. since I was like 13, 14. And this was in a time when there were no video games companies in England. And then as I was getting closer and closer to GCSEs, uh, to A-level, there were there started to be a few that popped up. And still, it's it was in its infancy, and I was told, you're wasting your time. You, no. you should continue the computers route. But, yeah, don't be too pushy about the games part. Shit, right? No, I felt more defiant. Okay, that's interesting. I've always had a rebellious mindset. Okay, good. The more you tell me to do something, the more I feel like I won't do it. Yeah, okay, okay. 
Kind of, kind of like when everyone was telling me to watch Game of Thrones, I was like, no, <laughs> no. I, I still haven't watched that either. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when I did finally watch it, I watched it because I wanted to watch it, and yeah. then I realised it wasn't for me anyway. So I never really jumped onto that bandwagon. But I don't, I don't do things f- through uh, peer pressure. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. Fr- or f- from what someone tells me to do, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I. The more you push for it, the more defensive I get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And See, there's a lot of people who is it's opposite. They just get told when, because I just think there's so people at like 16. Well, I was lucky because I always knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how. Because mm. I went to public school. It didn't even have media studies. So I left. So I can actually go and do media studies and films in, in a college in London. Mm. But it's just when you're told you can't be you. I think there's something really debilitating about that. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of young people, because, you know, we've grown up in a completely different era, don't have that because they're bombarded with all these images of who they're supposed to be. And I feel when you don't fit into that, then that does something really serious to you. But I don't know. But that's just my my view. But it's just... No, I, I, I think it does leave scars. It does leave mental scars. Like, even now, I feel like... I have that imposter syndrome. Yeah, because yeah, because you're not. Yeah, because you're just like, oh, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. like I don't feel qualified to do this. Yeah, but then it's just the mental state where you're trying to talk yourself out of it, and when you really do think it through, a lot of people don't have the qualifications no. or the ability to do something that we are doing, yeah. but they still do it, and they do make a success out of it because they learn, they adapt, they think through it, they think creatively through it. They have that confidence, that swagger. Yeah, no, exactly. Because they've been told that they can. And I think yeah. that's the difference. It's like even if you even if you fail, at least try. But I think by cutting someone off, even when they're trying to figure it out, that to me is a crime. So I agree. Because that's what yeah, like that's exactly what I had because originally true story i wanted to be a singer and okay yeah and i was my dad was like no because i used to be in school bands and everything he was like no and i thought oh, okay because i wanted to be in videos and i thought i can make them i can sing but actually i want to hear you sing now one day when i warmed my voice up you will okay but it's like yeah but that that, that debilitated me so i thought okay i can't sing i thought oh my god but people used to come up to me after like end of school concerts like that was amazing i was like all right okay but my own parent didn't support it and that really affected me but it's kind of still to the point where i thought okay get into film i thought well no can i do that can i was like do law and i think there's something about that when you don't support a child's drive because all you, all you, I think, as a parent, all you want to do is teach a child to be comfortable in themselves so they can actually tackle the world. Mm. That's That, to me, is like, don't, you know, yes, and feed them, don't keep them alive, but navigate the world, be the best they can, done. But I think there is that, if you rob them of that, I think that's that's harsh. And, but that was what I found with this particular lady who I spoke to, and I thought, well, start. that is probably the underarching motive for Red Cactus Media, but I just wanted to make videos because I love sharing stories. But it's kind of that to me was the real driving force because I think, you know, and that's why I support female entities because we're all put into like a box and said, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do this. And I'm just like, why? You know, we, we used to be able to live to 400 years old if we wanted to, but we've told ourselves we can't. Yeah. And it's just like, pfft. But that's a completely different story. But I just think that is there's something magical when you see someone in their full potential. And just the only reason I'm like this is because, you know, I got, I you know, I went through therapy, I'll be honest, because I had a lot of issues came up when Amelia was born, which I hadn't tackled. And I wanted to be able to tell her she could be the best she could be. But I needed to get over myself first and get over my stuff. Yeah. And that's why... You know, and that's how that's probably where I am, and that's where the drive comes from. Because I realise there's so many people who don't have that that person that someone sees and goes, "Oh my god, I can do that." Then I've done my job. Just one person. That's it. I think that's why me and you get along so well because we are all about helping and developing people. You were the first person who put me on a video set. Yeah. 
yeah i i never expected to like but you were so enthusiastic and you were passionate and you were encouraging and yeah like you gave me an opportunity where i didn't even see it in myself yeah you were great and i would i had you i would have you back <laughs> <laughs> but it was different but i didn't know that and that's the beauty of it, is that like you're willing to and I think that's the beauty of it. And not even that, when we first met, I think it was just when you said about your idea, I was like, do it. Mm. You wanted to. And I think, who am I to say, oh, don't do that? Because mm. I'm in the same boat. So I'm like, why would I discourage someone to live their dreams? You know, it's just, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's the thing. Everything should be selfish if you're doing that. But I'm like, you're not hurting anyone. Exactly. And even if it is a bad idea, it's still a bad idea worth doing. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just to say, one of the things actually that drives me as well, because you said why, was because my parents died when I was 16. And that that experience helped me realise that life is short. So it's too short to not do what you want, if that makes sense. So yeah. That, yeah, so that kind of drives me. But also, I want to create opportunities for other people to do what they want. Because mm. you can't go through life scared, even though you know you do, but because you have imposter syndrome and all sorts, and I do, and it's just like, but when I say you, I mean like people do, yeah. But it kind of, I don't know, when you experience death at that age, you kind of think to yourself, okay, just do what you want because you're going to end up that way anyway. So, and I think too many people don't realize that because they think they're going to go through life. I was like, you just get one life, man, so you might as well pick something that you really want to do to drive you because mm -hmm. otherwise what's the point because that's what you're here for and you're everybody has a purpose and it's about finding your purpose in life because everybody's here for a reason i believe that 100 mm. percent. and it's about finding what that is and when you do it when you find your dharma your purpose you just you go with it and it just feels right i agree when i first met you like i still wasn't quite sure what i was doing with my life yeah and you put me on a film set just to see you in action and that was a great experience just to like know that people in this area was doing stuff like that mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. i didn't know before yeah. and you help encourage me you help push like the positive type of push into what i'm doing now and and can i just say that's a beautiful thing because i've seen the ed i met and the ed now i'm just like i'm so proud <laughs> so happy. you know i am man because i'll never forget our first meeting never and like every time like every time i see you i'm just like dude he's, he's doing it <laughs> and never that makes me so happy man because life is short and yeah. life is like even if you fail or whatever or if anybody fails at least you tried yeah and I think that's the beautiful thing in life is like, but the thing is, if you're doing it, you, what people don't realize is if you're doing it and you're actually working at it, you will succeed. It's that simple. You just have to be able to pick yourself up. That's it. I agree. You have also been an influential factor in the fact that I wanted to do what you do in helping develop people into following what their dream is. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the whole reason why like one of the fundamental things that led does which is development it was influenced by you oh, wow. giving people chances if people came to me and asked for like advice or anything like that i would offer the same graciousness oh. yeah the same graciousness as you who encourage people into doing what they do like i before i really wanted to be advocating people to do more uh, creative stuff but since meeting you i want i wanted to go a bit further and help actively develop them into chasing their dreams oh dude that's like yeah you know, i wasn't expecting that that's cool yeah. but you know what it's yeah because i i just firmly believe i'm like i encourage anybody who wants to do what they want like even if your dream is just to sit in a dark hole and i don't know just i don't know just do, do something that's completely different. I don't, I don't care as long as you're doing what you love. And I think that is so, yeah. That, that, oh, that makes you, oh, mate. <laughs> don't, don't start crying on me now. <laughs> no, I only cry in battle scenes. I can't, I don't really, it's really funny. I just, I don't, yeah. I, actually, I cry at random things. 
Mm. I cry at beautiful things, but yeah, I could have cried then, but no. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I, I cried. You know, you're talking to someone who cried when I saw Two Towers at the cinema for the first time, like the Battle of Helm's Deep, I started crying. <laughs> I was like, this is so. Oh, cool. really? Yeah, because it was like my imagination. I was like, oh, the Peter Jackson, I love you. So I wrote him a letter saying how much I loved it. Mm. Oh. I don't think I've ever written a fan letter like that before. Oh, actually, no, I lie. I, it wasn't really a fan letter. It was more of a, a fan tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but they're human. Everybody in judgment. Yeah, especially when someone indirectly influenced you or gave, gave you something that you didn't think you needed. Absolutely. No, I did the same thing at a jewel. Um, this lady who I met at the um, film, British Film Festival when I was at uni. And she, and I saw her, I was like, oh my God, there's a woman. She's, she's like me, she's black. Oh my God. And she's a producer. That's what I want to do. So I went up to her and I was like, how do you do what you do? She goes, you know, collect people, collect talent. She gave me some great advice. And it was stuff I was already doing, but I didn't realize what I was doing. Hmm. And because of that conversation is actually what made me start my business. And I contacted her uh, six months ago because she's on my, um, She's a big beauty journalist as well. And also, here's the, here's the thing about the universe. When I was working in PR, the company I worked for, I used to send her products, and I used to get her to review products for, you know, some of my clients. But I only clicked after. I was like, oh, my God, that attitude? And it was just, it was, it was nuts. So I kind of, I met her virtually about, gosh, 10 years before I actually did, but I didn't click. It was her. Mm. And she was passionate because of her words to me is what made me realize that I could actually do what I wanted. And just go for it. I thought, oh, okay. So yeah, no. So no, I definitely think you should, everybody should do that. Everybody. Yeah. Just to pick up on something you said, the universe has. You're one of the few people I've met who is very spiritual about what you do, and we've had this conversation before where we discussed like, do you believe in fate? And the fact that me and you know each other is a act of fate. I think. Yes. 100%. You you came into uh, our Chinese takeaway. We had a two-minute conversation, and then a few days later, we bumped into each other in Cult Cafe, and you saw me drawing, and then you struck a conversation with us, and a week later, we were having coffee, talking about everything. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. And that's the beauty of life to me is because the universe is everybody attracts what they need, even if they're conscious or not. And that's literally, since I've becoming more self-aware and just awareness of how life works, that is, yeah, I'm very, yeah, I have to embrace my spirituality because I can't not. Mm. And I think I'm, I, I've been told that I'm a light giver, which is interesting to me, but I have, everybody has light, but it's all about whether you dim it or not, but whether you believe. Mm. And all the circumstances in life, people come into your life for a reason. Everybody comes into your life to give you a message or to teach you something, to learn, or actually, you know, and but it's all about whether you're aware of why. And the reason why I spoke to you is I saw you twice, and I'm very aware of everybody. I thought, what is your message for me? I was like, what? Mm. I was like, what is it? Let's explore this. So, like, and there's no such thing as coincidences to me. And well, actually, there are. <laughs> but when it, when it happens, that's literally the universe saying, pay attention. Mm. And I think it's whether you're aware enough and whether you believe. And I think people are starting to, and I can't not be spiritual because of everything I've experienced. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if I should share this, but here goes. Is before my parents died, both of them, I saw them in um, in a dream in mm. the 70s, and I had no idea. And I was like, well, well, why? And then when I went back to Nigeria for their funerals, on several occasions, I saw the picture. Mm. I saw them image I seen in my dream in a picture and I was like oh look there that's what I saw so that was I see that as you know you know and all that stuff like that happens to me like I always tell word like I can literally introduce my best friend I told her who I'd marry and his mom I saw what his mom looked like I described what my husband's mom currently looks like mm. when I was there well no 14 oh, wow. How do you explain it? yeah it's just it's bizarre and so for me you say I'm spiritual, but I think I have no choice but to be because spooky things happen. I think it's just whether you're aware. And I love it. Yeah. It's just like magic. That's what makes life magical, man. 
And too many people say life is hard. And I was like, no, life is magical. It's just how you see it. And do you feel like that helps you with the way you approach your career? Everything has is done for a reason. Um, yes and no. Now I do. Now I do. Before I used to, I wasn't as aware as I was, but now I'm like, okay. I kind of think, well, what what, what is what can I learn from this situation? What's going on? But I think what I've learned the most is to listen to my instincts, because mm. that's the true voice of the universe. That's your true. That's your true line to you know just being connected to like uh, like the energy i think when yeah. you don't listen to it like you know everybody has that when you when you have a gut instinct you're like oh i'm not sure about this and you're like oh sod it just do it anyway you're always right you're like i shouldn't have done it every you're always right and i think there's it does it does help but sometimes i do go what am i doing but it's about knowing that everything will work out even though it's hard i'm like well, I- what advice have learned from this moment yeah i feel like when you're a path maker and not following a path you have to give yourself room to just fumble in the dark yeah there will be times where you'll get lost yeah absolutely and you know now you hit nail on the head there because i I read a lot of deepak chopra and he's talking about you know there's seven laws of spirit you know spirituality seven laws of success and there's one of them is about being comfortable with uncertainty Mm. and that's what people aren't comfortable with and just to know that actually it's going to work out but you might it might not work out how you think it's going to work out because everybody loves control but you know it's going to work out mm. and if everybody looks at you know if you put if you put an intention out and say i want this you're not going to say if you say i want to win i want to earn ten thousand pounds you might not earn it by you know how you think you're going to earn it you might win the, you know the lottery or whatever but you might something might happen but it doesn't exactly happen how it's going to happen but because you do the work towards it it's going to happen mm. you know what I mean? so it's kind of there's a spiritual aspect to it but you also are that driving force with making stuff happen i think that's what a lot of people don't realize is you know you need to there's i guess i'm spiritual but i still have the drive to know that i can't just sit here and it'll happen because that just that's just fantasy that's just movies yeah Uh, but it's about knowing and believing in yourself that's going to happen but a big part of it is actually also picking yourself up because it's not going to be easy but Mm. that the journey but too many people like at the first stumbling block go no can't do it but that's what you know, you can't just say, I want to do this. And the universe says, yeah, sure. No, it's going to it's going to test you. It's going yeah. to say, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you really sure? Test your resolve. You yeah, but if you, no, it's just, just, it tests on whether you're, you want to stay on that path. So if you're happy to stay on that path, then it will happen. It's mm. that simple. And I think that's what drives me on a day to day is I, I don't you know. I know, I have an idea of it. But I can't not I can't close myself up to other opportunities because mm. that's just silly. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah I think no. I I get what you're saying and good because I'm I, I, for a second I was like, did I go on a no 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 I get what you're saying and for the longest time I had the same feeling about lead but the difference is when I started it everything was running so smoothly mm-hmm. and I was just waiting for that pitfall to happen and that pitfall turns out to be corona yeah yeah but now it's resolved no, no, that's like it, it's now now's the test of like how do you pivot how do you get through it? yeah exactly and that's what birthed this podcast so good and i think that's another awesome thing by the way yeah yeah i think it's brilliant yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a fun experience. I've had so many deep conversations with people that I didn't really, like, I knew, but I didn't have that type of relationship with. Yeah. And it's been a very nice experience in really getting to know them yeah. and especially them offering their time to do this as well. So, yeah, thank you for doing this. No, welcome, man. And it's just, no, one, yeah, why wouldn't I? <laughs> No, that's, and that's that's a cool thing. That's cool. Because I think too many people, what's the word, are not stuck in their own head, but they are. <laughs> no, well, well this podcast w- wouldn't have been possible if I didn't, a couple of years ago, me and a friend 
wanted to start a podcast and we had no, no prior knowledge of how to do it. I had a friend who knew how to do it, but he wasn't, he wasn't involved in me making one. And all I did was ask for some advice and then I just looked it up on the internet and yeah, that's how I started. It was literally just me messing around with a friend from America who wanted to do a podcast with me. And you know what? That's how it starts is actually you decided how am I going to do it? And that's the beauty of it. And that's no, well done you. Cause that's what, that's how anything successful starts. You just go, well, how can I do it? I'll figure mm. it out. And it's also wanting to do it. It's like being inspired by something else. Like I, I listen to loads of podcasts and just by listening to them, it kind of inspires you to go out and make one your own. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You feel like you've got your own voice. You've got your own way of like portraying something that someone else probably wouldn't be able to. Yeah, 100%. And knowing that actually what you matter. Because I think a lot of people don't do it because they think, well, who am I? Mm. So, and also it's all about not caring. So what well on you? Well, yeah, the fact that like me and my friend did it and we only had like 10 people listen. It doesn't matter. That's, it doesn't no. matter, but don't expect results straight away. No, exactly. You can't, you can't just, just have, just believe in what you're doing and the rest will follow. Mm. Yeah. It's just, it is literally, uh, those three words we decided to. Yeah. And there's exactly. And that's the beauty of it. There's nothing wrong with it. Hmm. It's just like once you decide to do it and you find that did you, and did you find that things just went into place? Yeah, like I said, like the first seven months of lead went by so smoothly that I was really questioning whether I overlooked anything. Yeah, exactly. You're scared of your own success. Yeah, it's like I, I'm not quite sure, like sure something bad's meant to have happened by now. Like every startup has a really bad pitfall somewhere and yeah, like didn't really manifest like either i was really good at what i was doing or it just just happened to click into place like you said yeah did you have that when you started red cactus um kind you know what now yes but before no because i was still half and half mm. i was like one foot in my permanent job with security and one foot in the in the business so i had jobs working for public health but i was doing project by project but then there's like what I found now definitely is kind of a, when I put my mind to something, it just happens and people approach me. And yeah, so yeah, I'd say. But originally, no, because I was not, I didn't believe in myself enough. Mm. I was still like, okay, just a fallback plan. But actually, a friend was just like, listen, well, actually, I was having Amelia, my daughter kind of said, can you really do three jobs at once? No, so just pick one. And that was, be. and once I did, then yeah, things just fell into place. That's good. Backing yourself is important. Definitely, definitely. But also, and also having the um the the knowledge, the well the attitude of that you're going to have to keep learning. So I think that's what if you have an attitude that actually you need to learn on ed- everything you do, then you will succeed. Because I think people think by starting it, yes, I've done it, but actually no, you have to do stuff to make it happen, and you have to be prepared to pivot. You have to be prepared to actually some of it won't work out. Hmm. Exactly. But it's okay if it doesn't because it, it just means you have to change something, but you still get there. Yeah. Like, it's good to have a, a destination in your mind, but keep the, the route flexible. 100%. And I think the biggest thing I've learned in this journey is actually like reading stuff about mindset and self-help and all that sort of stuff has helped me more than some of the, like the business skills because I think it's about 70% of it is mindset 100% is what I believe because you have to be able to you know when someone says no I don't want to work with you you have to be able to go oh, okay that's fine <clears throat> Pardon me. but you also have to be able to go oh okay and you, you have to be able to bounce back from that and if you don't that's when you fail mm-hmm. so it's, it's all about working at the fact that you can do it if you don't have that mindset, then you will fail. And I think that's like with anything. If you constantly think, oh, I'm rubbish at this, then you will be rubbish at this because you're not giving yourself a chance to do anything. So, yeah. So I think it's working on the mindset is what helped me more and what's allowed me to free myself from holding myself back. I think that's really interesting because like, for people who don't have the know-how or experience, 
you're right having that mindset of i want to learn i want to do this no matter what backing yourself the confidence that is a vital part of it because if you don't have that mindset no matter how hard you try or how hard you want it yeah you'll always talk yourself out of it yeah you will you you absolutely will and too many people talk themselves out of it from the start mm. i i would say to add to that is having a foundation or a network of people who will support you and encourage you and push you that is also vital because even when you doubt yourself you have someone there to pick you up get you to keep on moving yeah yeah 100% yeah finding your tribe definitely yeah surrounding yourself with positive people mm-hmm. 100% and I did just that it's like one of a person who's become a really close friend of mine someone who I reached out to on LinkedIn and I didn't realize now why but somebody made me you know contact her mm. and she's actually turning out to be one like a really close friend of mine Oh wow! We both have the same mindset, and that no, it's, and that's been the beauty of life for me because I think throughout Corona, is if I didn't have her, I'm not sure what I would have done. But mm. she's just been amazing because we have a similar mindset in life. That's cool. And I never would have thought that's where this would have come from, but something said reach out to this woman, mm. so I did because she shared something, and I was like, listen, this might be really weird, but I think you're awesome, and I want to meet you. <laughs> And she was just like, okay, cool. And but it just that's why because we were similar, and I didn't had no idea. It's like her, she's just her resilient story. I was like, yeah, you've been through some, you've been through some stuff, and I like it. Let's talk. I've had something like that before as well, and it is great when you meet someone and you just click straight off the bat. Yeah, yeah, and you don't you, you didn't even expect to. You just thought, I just want to say you're great. <laughs> Like, okay. I, I was just hoping to just like meet you and have a nice conversation but you've turned out to be like the most influential person ever so yeah no exactly exactly wow. yeah no i was just like don't think i'm weird but <laughs> <laughs> people who like we know m- mutually have been so supportive about what we do as well yeah it's just nice to finally get that recognition even though you've been talking yourself out of it for years maybe yeah and then you're like well, why and then you're like why didn't i do this sooner yeah exactly like, why did i waste my time well i don't i don't see it as a waste of time no you're right like even those gestating periods where you don't do anything it's still you developing as a person yeah no exactly you're right you weren't ready no i was joking though exactly because i think that's why I mean, everything happens for a reason it's like you weren't ready but now it's like when you're ready you know you're ready yeah when you're ready, you know you're ready. And when you're ready, everything falls into place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So quickly, just before we go, I wanted to ask you about Nigerian Remy. So, yeah, I, I have a few friends from uni who are from like Nigerian backgrounds. And like when I spoke to them, they normally have like a normal English accent. Yeah. But when they're... But when they're together, I notice that yeah. they changed into their Nigerian accent. And it's yeah. just like, this is so bizarre. Yeah, you know what? It's some, I don't know. Yeah, we all do it. And I don't know what it is. It's just something we do. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's like, because mine's always mixed. And it's kind of like you have like an authentic self. And I think mm. it's just like with like my Niger, you know, my siblings and my cousins, we all do it. And it's something that I do. Like I notice my husband notices my accent changes when I go to Nigeria. It's just, I just start speaking a pidgin English and it's relaxed, but it's not something we think, okay, but I think it's like a, because Nigeria, it's like, I guess it's part of like an acceptable, getting accepted sort of thing, maybe mm. to show that, you know. Do you know what? I, I think it's a subconscious thing because I, uh, I do it in Hong Kong. Like when I'm in Hong Kong, uh, so a few years back, uh, one of my best friends, who's English, went to Hong Kong. And coincidentally, I went around the same time, so I took her around. And she's known me for, like, a good six years at this point. Yeah. And it was the first time she said to me, do you know what, Ed? I never realised how Chinese you were. <laughs> I was like, what does that no, mean? That's brilliant. <laughs> it's yeah. like... You're, 
you know a lot about Chinese culture. You, you put on like different. You know the language, and from my perspective of like knowing you f- for so long, I've only ever seen your English side, so I've never seen your Chinese side of you. That's interesting. Like, oh. You shouldn't ask. <laughs> That's interesting. I never had the opportunity to show her. I yeah. Think. Was... Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I can relate to that because it's like similar. Cause, but I, I think like my Nigerian side comes out when frustration or I'm joking or it's just, yeah. it's like with or like. Frustrated you know, with Amelia. Yeah, because I'm like, I always go, because sometimes I was, like, I was like, listen now. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she's like, what? And I was like, and I always say stuff like, I don't know why, but we always go, are you trying to kill me? I was like, you trying to kill me? And she, she just looks at me like, no, mommy. And I'm like, oh, she's taking you literally. But it's just, but it's just, it's just a bit, I don't know, it's just banter. Yeah. And then there's stuff like, you know, there's noises I make like, uh-uh, like, eh uh-huh. And it's just, it's, there's no, it's, there's no, it's just Nigerianism. I don't know. It's Yorubaism. We just, we can't help it because that's like what we do and my husband always he he, t- he, he makes fun of me as well because he he always goes ah like that as well when i when there's something <laughs> wrong i'm like ah and he's just like and that is that literally is a universal sound for oh what's wrong or oh what happened it's just it's just what we do and then when you know when we agree with someone like uh-huh, you're like yes that's right <laughs> and it's just yes i've seen you do that yeah, actually yeah. <laughs> exactly like, uh-huh. and everyone's just like why you're like okay it's just it's just what we do so yeah that that's when i know you have your light bulb moment mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. see exactly and i just yeah. did it down like hey. you're like <laughs> but it's just uh, but it's, yeah but with as a nigerian mom it's, it's fun because i realized i just said stuff my mom used to say to me and at the time i was like this woman is crazy but you got to make your kids think you're a little bit crazy so listen <laughs> but, but she used to be like ah like you know stuff like I'm like are you falling asleep? Like, no, nah, I'm resting my eyes. I say exactly the same thing to her. I'm like no, no, I'm just resting my eyes. And she's just like, I was just like it's this. funny how they pick these things up, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, she just goes. She's like, "Mommy, stop sleeping." I was like, "I'm not. I'm resting my eyes." And she said the exact. She exactly said the same thing back to her, which cracks me up. I was like, "Amelia, mm. you sleep." She goes, "No, nah, mommy, I'm resting my eyes." And I was, she goes, "I'm gonna rest my eyes," and then like pretended to sleep. And I was like, "I like it. I like it." <laughs> But, it's, oh. but, you know, but having said that, I think it's like it's one of the things with the dual nationality I find, uh, especially in business and working, is people, it's hard. You, I don't know, it makes you harder to read. And some people, like, I had a great, um, it's like, story about a meeting I went to with a friend when I was working in PR. And actually, most comms meeting when I was making noises, people go, oh, that's, that's great. Remy, you seem to read. That's a great meeting, wasn't it? I was like. What meeting were you in? I was. I'm not happy. And they're like, yeah, but you're making noise. I was like, I was going ah. I was like, ah. And they just they didn't get it. They didn't get. So I I just uh, and I cracked my ass off. And I think it's going to be one of those things that I want to do like a a um, some content around it. Just like you know, miscommunication of your of your like um your Nigerian yeah. workmate. Because so many times people are like, oh, that was great. You seem really happy. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm just I'm going ah. I was like ah. Oh, and then, <laughs> and then like you know, it's it's just funny. It's funny, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's at the moment. But you know, quarantine is going well, so it's kind of there's a big resilience, and I think this it's just people. What I've been noticing on social media is just the different cultures, and people like are expressing themselves in their authentic self. It's just yeah, it it feels like when I'm with different people like nationality wise like different parts of me show up yeah yeah do you think that's a boarding school thing yeah yeah i went to uh st joe's which had um lots of chinese students there yeah. as well uh, okay so i've always it was hard to adjust for yeah. me back then because like i i i felt in the middle yeah like i, I was too english to be chinese and yeah. i was too chinese to be english type thing yeah no, and... so, well, not the Chinese part, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, mind you, like I have a love of Japanese culture, so my mm. friends are always like, "Were you supposed to be? Were you supposed to be born Japanese?" I'm like, "I don't know." Just say what my friend says. I'm, I'm Blackanese. Yeah, <laughs> I love. I'm so cool. Oh my god, that's amazing! I'm Blackanese. I love that. 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm quoting that. Oh, she's in the <laughs> They have that. I love that. Yes. Go for I'm it. Like it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's... Um, I've always blamed it on, like, my mirror personality. Have I ever told you about this? No. What's that? So I... I class myself as an empath. Yeah. And sometimes it gets heightened when I'm around new people. And I kind of mirror and mimic, like, mannerisms and phrases. So when I go talk to someone new and there's, like, a little bit of adjusting period where I'm kind of, like, mirroring their personality. So if they're quite outgoing, I'm quite outgoing. If they're quite introverted, I'm quite introverted type thing. That's interesting. So yeah, because I, I, well, I recently found out I'm an empath too, which is, I never thought of myself, but I see what you mean, like, in terms of, yeah, sometimes I do that to an extent, but I think it's like, because I love accents, so I love mirroring accents, like, if someone's suddenly American, if I'm talking to someone, you know, with an American accent, I'll start doing it, because I love their accent. And I've done that as well. Yeah, you just, you just don't, you just do it, you're like, oh, and Emmy's like, where are you from? And that's why, like, growing up, I was having a really... Everybody's like, no, Remy's an international accent. We don't know where she's from. <laughs> but it was because, like, and I had a lot of Kiwi and Aussie friends, and I used to... People used to... Th- well, to now, some people still think I'm Kiwi and Aussie, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I just used to hang out with loads of people from that and just love the accent. But that's... I think that's... You've got something there. There is, like, a mirroring sense. Yeah. Because it's just... And... Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Well... That- when I was at uni, I went to uni in Hull and I picked up like a Hull accent as well. All accent. So, yeah, I have a bit of love for that Yorkshire type of accent. Oh, that's brilliant. But, you know, we could probably go a little bit further and say there's probably like a innate survival instinct there because everybody adapts and mimics because that's how you survive because in the, in the world you kind of adapt with your surroundings and you mimic your surroundings to kind of survive so maybe empaths have like a heightened survival thing so they don't maybe but i think there's something there's a survival i always thought it was to do with survival and and just like trying to fit in but not 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 you fitting in but making the other person comfortable if that makes yeah. sense because i never it's a social thing. Yeah, it's not exactly. A, yeah, it's, it's not a, a wolf in sheep's clothing thing. No, not at all. It's just I find I find it's more like whenever people do it because you always want to feel. I always try and make people feel comfortable when they talk to me because I know sometimes I can be a little bit larger than life and excitable. Um, well, mm. I'm not larger than actually that's a little bad. No, you're you're passionate. That's it. That's it. Passionate. And it's like, but the funny thing is, you've even met me in my teens, like from eighteen, I was a bit like ah, I was probably I've calmed down a bit more. But if I was literally like your PR, what do you want? Did I get to the point? Did I just cut people off? Don't mess with me, you know, because that's how I had to be. Like I had like, I probably like had a hardened shell, I'd say. But I used to mimic other people to make them feel comfortable around me. And then down the line, then they'll see the real me. But now I don't, I, don't, I just don't care. I just let them see the real me. Because I'm just like, you don't like it, you guess. But I've kind of come to accept myself as a nice person. So, mm. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, you are a nice person. So. Yeah, am I? Am I? Yeah. Yes, of course you are. Yeah, when I've, had, when I've had my minerals and when I've had my morning routine. Yeah. When you're in, the, when you're in that zone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When I'm in a good zone, yeah. Uh, then, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I always have like a probably about a, every six weeks I have a weird week, and then I kind mm. of pick myself up again. I think it's something to do with the moon cycles, but I'm like, ah. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> are no, you a lunatic? I I think I am, man. I am. There's a weird I because I I'm learning through my I don't know through running a business and then finding out my personal development, just like learning different things and also my spirituality. I'm just finding there's so many things I didn't know about that actually mm. drive me that if I knew about that I'd un- understand myself like if you ever like for example probably have you felt the past maybe four nights you you haven't been sleeping well you've kind of had a weird anxious energy have you felt that sometimes yeah I it's... can't think I can't think on like from the back of my head like when the last time happened but yeah I think I'm sure I've had moments like that because a lot of people yeah because that happens to a lot of people when 
but a lot of that is actually to do with like new moon ed- energy and stuff like that. Mm. There's like in the moon cycles, and I am just like, what? Whether you believe it or not, but it to me, I do because I'm always like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, I'm just feeling a bit weird today, and mm. I kind of see what's going on in like you know, I don't know, astro you know, astrology yeah. and all that. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay, so that's interesting. It's just energy at the moment. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, thinking about it, I. I am like prone to mood swings yeah. at points where I just like lose my temper and see red and it's like nothing has really justified that but that does happen. Yeah, no exactly. You don't you don't really know what's going on but it's just it's there. It's yeah. there but it's kind of but I, I find it very interesting because everything is a bit of a learning point. So just to wrap this all up what's the th- first thing you're going to do once quarantine is over and the world is back to somewhat normality oh my gosh i think probably go to like a caribbean and african restaurant have some curry goat (sighs) yes i have to admit that's literally yeah i could cook it myself it just doesn't come out that tasting that good uh there's a there's an african restaurant in colchester i think i'm gonna go and have some jollof rice and stew Mm. um yeah (laughs) That's what I'm gonna do first. It's like I'm like sod everything else, but business-wise, I'm just gonna crack on. But it's um, I don't know. Gosh, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, we it, it's it's hard. Like we're in it, so it's hard to see the end of it, and we don't think about what happens after. Yeah, it's it's, just like... I think it's it's going to a pub, going oh, yeah. to a wine bar, going to African restaurant to get some jollof rice. Mm. Um, actually I might even see if they could do it now I wonder if they're still open but anyway but if they're not that's what literally what I'm going to do do you know what I made my own KFC nice <laughs> it's, and I've made my own pizza as well so in quarantine when you can't have fast food or anything just make your own it's not as hard as it seems I don't know man nah because I can't make jollof rice because I've tried it just doesn't come out jollof it's a delicacy and it takes like two yeah. hours to cook Oh really? Um, yeah, actually, maybe about an hour. It's it's really nice. Get a pressure cooker. Nah, it's it's one of those dishes that it's all about the pot. It's oh, all okay. about the pot, and it's like you know when I have when I you know when I get some jollof rice, I want to bring it around to you and say taste this, okay. and it's all about the spices and it's just it's one of those foods that your mum your your grandma it's just like they mm. could cook it, you can cook it okay. But they were just like amazing. Okay, we'll we'll have to have a meal out. Yeah, or go to a, wedding, a Nigerian wedding because that's the best food. Cool. <laughs> you definitely should try uh, Franco's in Clacton as well. Definitely. No, no. I was going to say definitely, but no. Cla- I'm sorry, I'm not going to Clacton. No, it's too far. It's it's like yeah, no. You know, it's like you know, we're still early now. We're still early in our friendship. You don't know me properly. I'm lazy. Like, it's we're close about, to the mercy. I don't care. No, it's close. No, no, I'm telling you, no, my head's too far. No, <laughs> like, you know, people are like, oh, come here. I'm like, no. Nah. Like, we're in our friendship. We haven't, you haven't invited me out enough. I'm like, no, nah, too far. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> uh, one day you'll take uh, Amelia to the beach. Nah, too far. Daddy will do that. What? Where else is the nearest beach for you? Ravness. Well, actually, you know what? Maybe Daddy will do it and he'll drive, but I, I'm not driving. <laughs> it's like, yeah that's another thing it's like I'm inherently lazy in my mind mm. it's like to A to B C look seriously now I'm like to me to Clacton too many roundabouts no. oh. <laughs> oh, you're just as defiant as me the rebel heart <laughs> yeah. it's just like no, we've invited me out in Ipswich so I'm like can I go there nah too far how can I sit from the station nah <laughs> I'm like nah too far right. I'm not going to nah, I'm not going to Clacton what for the beach Okay. Pebble Beach. No, it's sand. Oh, okay. That changes a bit. That's the thing. I'm like, although I'm brown skin, I don't like the beach. I like to sit underneath the shade. What am I going to the beach for? I don't need that. <laughs> what am I going to water for? So I can drown? No, thanks. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm like, uh, I grew up in like Atlantic Ocean. The sea would drag you out if you stand too deep in it. No, no, thanks. I'm like, no. Well, I, I swim like a rock, so like dipping your toes is fun. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm just I'm in like Mediterranean. 
it's still it's nothing but the problem with like english beaches is that the water's too cold always yeah and you can't see through it i'm like if i can't see the water <laughs> through it i'm not going in uh, i'm like no and even when i can see it through it i wear rock socks you know those rock shoes because i don't like my feet in the sand and urchins uh, not that. I'm like, there's no yeah, urchins I, in england is there i don't care, I don't care. <laughs> i'm very clinical when it comes to when i go to the beach but even when i go on holiday i wear slippers in the sea oh wow <laughs> like that i know i grew up in africa my son <laughs> i know all the stuff that can happen shouldn't you be used to like uh barefoot then i should be yes i was i was but nah i'm just like i just me and the sea if i can't see through it but having said that i can scuba dive no problem oh wow but you ask me to walk into the sea with my feet i will tell you to go to hell <laughs> <laughs> on that bombshell i think we should end it there oh my god i forgot you're recording okay <laughs> thank you for coming on to the podcast and yeah i hope everyone enjoyed listening to this i hope so thank you so much for having me Bye. bye